Hello and welcome to episode number 176 of the Nerd Pro Quo Podcast. We've been off for entirely too long of a period of time and the reason behind that is just scheduling became a nightmare for trying to uh, either for guests uh, August has July ended up being a super busy month and a uh, part of August just uh, there was a lot of episodes that were supposed to happen and then I, I'm going to stop making excuses it's just been a while uh, one of the nice things that happened actually is that uh, twice when we attempted to record the podcast we didn't actually record a podcast we just hung out uh, and enjoyed each other's company and did not press record. So that was a nice thing that happened. Uh, just one quick plug before we get into this episode with Eve Antinor. Uh, some some more episodes are coming. There is an anime episode coming. We skipped. We're basically going to be skipping some stuff that's just been too long, I think. Uh, there is very... We're going to be doing uh, some more My Hero stuff coming up. Uh, the Westworld thing I, we've just given up on because it's just it's now too much as time has passed. So or maybe we'll get around to that at a different name. But uh, yeah, coming up at the first weekend, first Saturday in September, the Ranger Zone. That is at 8 p.m. at Branded Saloon here in Brooklyn on Vanderbilt. I will uh, either post in a doobly-doo. I will have more details as to where exactly the exact address but you can always google it you can uh, go on facebook and look up ranger zone it's an awesome split uh comedy slash poetry show i am also doing open mics again i'm not telling any of you where any of those are yet but uh some of them might actually lead to shows that will be posted on this podcast so that being said uh here we are finally after a long ass unintended hiatus episode number 176 of the neuro podcast yep There we are. We're we're actually Hey hey. Hey hey. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been it's it's been a really long time. Yeah. We actually attempted to do we want to address what happened last time? Yeah, are you comfortable I mean, with what No, <laughs> I mean we were, I was supposed to podcast with the rest of the crew, unfortunately. Um, as I've gone to older my I should turn has, this no that doesn't help. I, I um my stomach has gotten weaker over the years where little things can fuck it over so last saturday i just pretty much was in bed or shitting was in bed shitting one of those two things <laughs> and it was very very unpleasant um and i'm glad that you and especially charlie had fun of my misery and we did yeah <laughs> we and we we kept saying i kept saying yeah let's record and then we ended up just hang there's been a couple of uh almost episodes of the podcast that have happened but then didn't happen because i actually wanted to just hang out with a person so we didn't actually end up recording the podcast. So it's I think it's been om- maybe a month, maybe even longer. And also I have to say if you hear what sounds like wind in the background, it is it's because we have a Yeah, um my apartment is disgustingly hot. It's always disgustingly hot and I'm too lazy to get another AC. It's <laughs> fair. My, uh well, no, not lazy, cheap. Um, yeah, yeah. I will eventually get one. I will just have to conserve my funds a little better. Yeah. Um, so my apologies uh, for suffering coming out to my place. No, it's okay. it's okay. It's okay. I I literally thought about that and I was just like, we have three air conditioners in it. <laughs> we actually have more than that. We're not using all of them because we don't want to pay the ridiculous yeah. uh, bill. So yes, you will hear 
what sounds like that I'm in either a car or or on top of a mountain like wind. <laughs> I can hear I can hear it every time I stop talking, but it should be, I should be able to like filter it out, or you'll you'll just hear us. It'll Rich be fine. Is with us yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> also, like I wanted to we the original idea was to have all of us kind of do. Uh, sorry to bother you, but that's probably... I mean, we can always come back to it at a different episode. So, um, since it's been so long, uh, I'm going to take these off because otherwise it's just too... The headphones are way too... Even though I, I won't be able to hear the wind anymore, I don't really care anymore. Uh, it's been a really long time, so let's, I guess, start with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I, I really love that movie. It maintained the same uh, vibe of the first film. Yeah. Um, I think the great characters. Um, I thought the villain was pretty okay. Yeah. You know, not weak. Michael Pena's kind of steals the movie. Again. He always does. <laughs> yeah. But they did it in a good way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It was an ex- artfully executed way of bringing back an old a uh, joke, um, and. Um, yeah, just overall, it was great, and just to see, you know, um, spoiler alert, um, Hank Pym's wife being rescued, yeah. that was a great thing. Yeah, also just, I mean, again, credit to even in their, like, because I enjoyed this movie, but even, it is kind of one of their sort of, it's thoroughly enjoyable, but it's not like one of their, it's one of their lesser movies, let's just say, Marvel Studios. Okay, you're... But but it that's did, only because I I think a lot of that has to do with the characters, the characters more than anything else. I almost feel. I don't know. I mean, I I view it in the grand scheme of thing as a superhero movie, not the greatest. You're yeah. right. But as a solid comedy. Yeah. That that weaves in comic book uh, tropes and a hero. That's great. I mean, I thought it was great. I, I just, I mean, more Paul Rudd is. The yeah. What well, what what I was gonna say is is that even in their kind of lesser films, you just have this like these fantastic casting choices. Like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, it was great to see Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. in this as. Uh, and girl looks good. Yeah. And also, uh, I can't remember her name. I should probably Google this, but the 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 woman who plays Ghost. I've never seen her. Yes, oh, you have. No, no, yes, she you was have. In um, Ready Player One, as the henchman. She That's the only other time I remember her seeing. As the only other time you remember, her. you've actually seen her in a lot. Uh, she was in. She played the henchman in Ready Player One. She played a bit role in. Uh, Force Awakens. When they're in Maz Kanadi's thing, she's the one who reports to the oh. minor role. She was also in two episodes of Black Mirror season three. Huh. She's the woman when the guy goes to like the uh, the video game, the virtual reality thing in Black Mirror. She's the girl that he meets. And she's also in a later episode. In a couple later episodes, she pops up in like season three. Okay. They might make um, a reference I'm to her. Have to scan through those episodes to see if I remember. Yeah. It's been a while. I don't o- also, also lovely to see Lawrence Fishburne. Oh yeah. Uh, in a, you know. Um, he's had some pretty good cameo appearances. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in uh, John Wick, he 
it was great to see him. And he was great. I loved him in the second John Wick. Which, by the way, apparently the third one is coming at some point soon. Soon, soon, or I think fall. Yeah, maybe that soon. It's either fall or it's next year. I can't. I'd have to look for look it up again. Okay. Yeah. A lot of fun. The joke, of course, is that they even make in the movie is is the you just put quantum in front of everything, and that's because that's it's kind of like a MacGuffin of like all the things that you you know. But there's still it's based on some science, you know, in terms of getting into realms that small. Yeah, really dealing with. Natural physics that were that scientists are aware of. Um, it, it's I mean, yeah it's something I got that, but yeah, it was a good joke. Also, uh, I I was thinking about this just uh, watching Infinity War again. Is that there are some stuff people are like, well, you know, what are you gonna do with Ant Man and Hawk and you know, and Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye. They've been shortchanging him for years in the movie, so I've, I've, I've done that to death. But a lot of people don't, especially when you're reading the comics, and also especially in the movies because they've treated him so comedically. A lot of people don't realize or take the time to think of how, like, how powerful the the power that the Ant-Man suit has actually is and how dangerous I mean Scott Lang isn't going to be that dangerous but Hank Pym yeah uh, it, it, if if that power those that power was actually get, I mean you kind of see it in the first film but not as much but if you gave that power to someone who like had a much more nefarious like mindset there's a lot of really messed up stuff you could yeah. do and also i think that's gonna really play into i mean i believe there i was hope like a, a that plays in where um where deadpool deadpool kills the marvel universe yeah and he yeah. shrinks and gives people like what heart attacks or like seizures well there, there's a couple uh great ones is uh i forget so one of them is he goes into Avengers Tower uh, and, like, he's fighting various Avengers. In fact, a couple of the Avengers, I think he, he actually kills a bunch of the Avengers by uh, shrinking ex- himself or, like, shrinking explosives and then putting them in people and then, like making them bigger and then detonating them. So he kills a couple of the Avengers that way. And then Thor is like, what What the hell? What are you going to do against me? It's just like, there's no way you could fight against me. And then what he does is he m- makes Thor throw his hammer at Deadpool. And then Deadpool shrinks Thor. And the thought, and the hammer comes back and and squishes him, like because it has to, it it comes back, yeah. like it, you know, it always returns to him. And he's just like, and he's, just, I think Deadpool like even makes a joke. It's just like no one ever thought. It's a bunch of. There's actually a bunch of stuff like he makes a comment about pin particles. It's just like yeah, no one actually ever thought to use it for these purposes because you're good guys and you're not 
you're not thinking of it to actually kill people. It's like you give this power to a mercenary. There's a shit ton of really awful ways you could use that ability. But fortunately, Scott Lang and Hank yeah. Pym are the good guys. <laughs> I also think that the... Okay, I mean, not really spoiler alert anymore because this is a while ago. Number one, loved the first post-credits scene, even though it was so messed up. <laughs> Wait, the one where they leave him in the universe? They leave him in the universe, and, 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 you, and you go back and you realize that all three of them yeah, got I taken mean, away in the snap. I was just like, damn! Now it was a great way of like putting this movie in context of Infinity yeah. War. Um, and then he had to like the throwaway ant thing at the end, which was cute, but it was just like, okay, whatever. Uh, I was really hoping for a Captain Marvel thing, but I guess it was too early for that. Yeah, really too early. Um, it's supposed to be coming out next year. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although I do think getting, I hope, getting Scott Lang back out from the Quantum Universe is going to play some role in, in Avengers 4. There's a lot of theories throwing out. It's just like, why would it? Is he necessary though for the for Infinity War? I mean, I don't see what his role could be. That, I could see Hawkeye, but I really don't see. That's what I'm role. saying. I mean, that's you, a way to you, shelve him out of the. You, you, no, no, no. Effective. You, you say that, but that comes back to the point that I'm making is that because he's been portrayed so comedically, you don't actually give a lot of thought to the. A, a lot of really interesting and and or really powerful ways that you could use his ability. So, like there are ways you could use his abilities to if he especially if he can go into the. I think that's why they and emphasize he has that energy. Yeah, so number well. one, the energy that that comes out of the, uh, the quantum realm is apparently a uh, can like heal people and stuff like that. I think that's going to come into play in Avengers Four. In Infinity War, like two or whatever they're gonna call it, because it has to, because that's how they're gonna, there, there's gonna be someone who's gonna be brought back with that, undoubtedly. I think, I, I mean, this is just a theory. There's all kinds of ways you can actually, aff he can also aff affect the actual Infinity Stones by shrinking down to the quantum level and going into the stones themselves like that there, there's a lot of way like I, i'm saying there's a, there, yeah yeah there's a, there's a lot of ways that hit that power people is like oh he shrinks it's like yeah but there's a, actually a lot of really interesting and really like powerful like it's actually a really he's actually a really powerful character it's just that they never, they almost never portray him that way. Like, and especially in the movies because it's Scott Lang and it's more comedic. Uh, Hank Pym has, like, is a much, I mean, he created in the comic books, he creates Ultron, and there's all kinds, there's all kinds of ways that Pym particles are, like, used in the comic books that are, like, they have not addressed in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I. That being said, I think I don't I honestly don't think it's a coincidence that they bring up the quantum stuff so often in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like the oh, way they've mean. been setting up the way that just 
constantly they set up stuff in the movies. Uh, the fact that, that comes up so often. And that energy that they find in the quantum realm. Okay. I was like, it's just like there, there's no way they they've seeded they would seed that so heavily in Ant Man and the Wasp if it wasn't important later. This isn't this isn't a DC movie where they plant stuff and then they don't follow up on it later. <laughs> which we will we have we will discuss the Aquaman trailer which uh, I, I uh, in uh, a minute. Not just that, but Shazam. I definitely wanted to talk to you about. That. Okay. Uh, uh, but um. Yeah, I mean, it was a solid movie. It hit all the right notes. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I know? really enjoyed it, too. I also really enjoyed it. a couple of people in the audience who did not see Infinity War or any of the other Marvel films and were just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Why are they all gone? <laughs> yeah. Give me context. Um, and something surprisingly that's not related to Ant-Man, I purchased Deadpool 2. Okay. Man, that movie is awesome. Yeah. It holds up. It, it I not only is it superior to the first film, it just is really... So there, there's a couple counter... I've heard some counter arguments that I, I can see uh, about why people... I, there's a, I heard a couple people talking about it who really... who enjoyed it but didn't think... but thought it was kind of a crap movie compared to the first one. And a lot of it had to do with the way the narrative plays out and the way that Vanessa is used as a... Which is which is not surprised because it's the same way she's used in the first film. So it's just like, why were you expecting that to be better? Like, I mean, overall, I thought the story was just hilarious. Yeah. Um, my thing is the characters, the cast was yeah. just superb. Um, and just seeing his humor play off against not only just someone like a Colossus, but you know, a dead uh, uh, a cable. Yeah. You know, and um. Zazzy beats. Oh god. Yeah. I, I just I heart her so much. I'm um, so glad that was, like I I'm she so was glad awesome that as Domino. And that just yeah. The way, uh, I know we've spoken about Deadpool, but I just I just had to mention that. I yeah. Just, I, just, I uh, mean I re I rewatched uh because uh Dan and my roommate bought uh Infinity War, so I've been watching Infinity War again, and there's a lot of stuff that uh I some of the narrative stuff that I still have some issues with I still have those issues but it just it actually that also holds up like amazingly well uh on repeated views and also the point that someone on another podcast I forget who it was pointed out the uh after Thanos does the snap there's a look on his face where you're just like it was supposed to be arbitrary even he's surprised yeah. he has that moment it was like oh I didn't know that I wasn't gonna fade away yeah. uh so yes, there is that. Um, so Ant Man and Wasp was cool. Cool. Um, what's next? Um, Voltron. Voltron, and then we can we can get into uh, Sorry to Bother You, and also some of the previews. We can tackle the preview um, stuff, the, the San Diego Comic Con stuff that's come out. Right. Uh, I remember since then. jizzing while texting you about <laughs> the last season of Voltron, season six, right? Season, yeah. You you kept on talking about it. It's like okay, I'll I'll get to it. I'll yeah, get to yeah. It. I'll... You know why? Because four and f seasons four and five were such a slog, and and then and then season six is just like oh that's why season four seasons four and five were a slog because there were certain things that you needed to kind of slog through, 
And and one of the things in season six, I was just like, oh, okay. That's why everything seemed kind of weird <laughs> for two whole seasons. Um, Prince Zotora and him and his uh, working on collecting quintessence. No, uh, it was well. Part of it was because I think it's I forget who it is who plays Keith. It's is it Stephen Stephen Yun who plays Keith? Oh, I don't know. Keith was just before. gone for like two seasons, and I think it was because it was Stephen Yun was was doing. I think sorry to bother you. Maybe I don't remember. So he couldn't. Uh, so that character just kind of disappeared for like a season yeah, and a half. I always assumed that voice acting was so easy that you could yeah I guess, find a. Uh, location that is that has a sound yeah 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 or you can record at home yeah i don't know that this is what i heard like he was off working on something uh the guy who played keith so keith disappears for a while and then comes back uh yeah the action the fight the fight between damn between uh lotor's uh mech and Voltron, I was just like, this makes everything worth it! I mean, it was anime in its purest form. You yeah. Know, it's just... It was just so well done. Yeah. It's lightning fa fast, you know, well done, well executed, nothing cheesy. Yeah. Um, it just... Oh, it's Voltron as I wish it was when I was a child. Yeah. You know, nothing cheesy, nothing... It's just fast pace and not knowing that you know shit you know will he survive this because i yeah. was like lotor's machine was legit powerful yeah being able to take on voltron like it was actually like a legitimate threat uh also the they had that crazy trippy kind of where they went in a sort of legend of korra it was like he's in the spirit realm and it's like, you don't know it's a spirit realm, and then you just go, oh, shit, Shiro's been dead this whole yeah. time. That was, Well, he's back in a clone body. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So he's... But I was just like, wow, they actually... Yeah. They, they, and when, when Keith was talking to him in, like, the spirit realm, I was like, okay, this is getting kind of weird and... I mean, I understand, I get it, but it's like weird, and uh, quintessence is another thing. that's like life energy, so you're you're going in a weird. I, I maybe mean, it's an anime. I didn't expect them to permanently yeah that character. He's gonna come back. In yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but his backup, the other Black Lion pilot, it was his time to shine. Yeah, uh, leading the team. Uh, that was just a superb, you know, season six. And yeah, I hope that they maintain this the level of action in season seven that i uh spoiler they haven't but it's i've only watched the first like two three episodes two episodes i think it's because they went so hard Remember in those last like two episodes good of season six action. yeah it was an all action i have to admit um so hopefully it builds up to something yeah know, uh gives us a good pay big payoff yeah I mean, it's so far. Season seven has been fun, but I haven't watched like a whole lot of it yet. Um, so I will reserve judgment until uh, you come back to it. But yeah, I mean, that team has, generally speaking, been like all the stuff they've done. Is I mean, I know a couple of people just don't like Vol didn't like the first season of Ultron, but so it's like that's fine, you know. Some things don't have to be What's for okay? you. What's yeah. Bad? 
Yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely not on the bad scale. But do, uh, do you know because everything is in internet becomes an internet meme or whatever? Uh, what are they calling it? Uh, and you can find this if you Google it on the internet. There's a lot of artwork. Uh, the theory that uh, people are shipping Keith and Shiro. That there's a lot of like imagery, even in season six, like that their connection is like uh, it's 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 actually clarified in seven season seven that it's it's more of like bigger big brother father yeah yeah a little I, bit I, I read something about yeah that. yeah I didn't understand the context maybe they introduced a new character I didn't they they people are totally uh there is a segment of the Voltron fan base that is totally shipping Shiro and Keith. And the there are elements in season six and especially in the early part, at least the first two episodes of season seven, that are just like it feels like. And, and like I said, I, I nothing wrong with this. It's fine if they want to go in that direction. I don't think they actually are going to, but uh, there it's another thing that like they did with the end of Legend of Korra, where. They are not, the creators aren't, well, not like Legend of Korra. They're actually, they're, they're, they're just saying, we're not denying that. We're just not, like, confirming it either. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is funny because the end of Legend of Korra, there was a lot of theories about that the end of let did you watch Legend of Korra? So the end of Legend of Korra, two of the characters end up, like, going off into, like, a different realm and they're two female characters and they're holding hands as they and and people were like is that and then the creators went yes it is (laughs) that was what we were implying like like there was this big like people were like got really excited about it and it was like is is that what's happening in that scene because those two characters all their interactions with the male characters again eventually just kind of fall apart and in this like one moment they're just like you I'm going to this other realm. You should come with me. And then they like grasp hands. And it's a very like, it's not like, hey, let's be friends. It's a very like uh, sort of intimate thing that is happening there. And there's been a couple, uh, especially like I said, in the first uh, like episode or two of Voltron, where it's just like, of course you can read into it depending on what your biases are, where there's definitely like, things between Keith and Shiro where you're just like okay if you're looking for that you if you're looking for it it's yeah. there yeah uh, and if you're not looking for that you it, it won't register you know what I mean so yeah that's that's Voltron okay. well I'll definitely check that out uh, and I'm praying for more action cause yeah this show could definitely use more of what happened the last few episodes yeah it also helps the characters when they, the stakes are actually high. Because there's a bunch of episodes, especially in seasons like four and five, where it just didn't feel like the stakes were very high for anything that was going on, in, especially in individual episodes. Uh, so to completely and utterly shift gears, uh, sorry to bother you. I mean, I feel like maybe this could be its own podcast. I feel like we're going to discuss I mean, this more. Like, I, trust me, I've, I've, I was 
in the theater with Charlie and Rich, um, you need to be of a certain. You need to have like a certain sense of humor when it comes to weird yeah. stuff like that. Um, and I there's also a, a kind of a sensibility and a background in certain movies that like you enjoy that like the humor really comes across. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, we had this debate about um, the last episode of the previous last season of Black Mirror. Yeah, you know about how some of that went too far, and for me it wasn't. I think that because I love that, whatever. Thank you for uh, sorry for bothering me. Whatever humor gave out, I think I w- it was right for me. You right, know? It, it was that level of absurdity. Yeah, that I, that, I, that registered well with me. Um, uh, you you said it. I don't think. You were telling me that you were still in the process of digesting it. It was interesting for you. Yeah, you did not see that shit coming. Uh, I still I, have I yet was to see I was what your I was prepared for weirdness. Just as someone who is like uh, knows kind of like Boots Riley and like the uh, has met him a couple times and actually just he's a musician from what I yeah yeah but the. Lead guy behind the the hip hop group The Coup, who've been around for a while now. Uh, when he came into New York, Outer uh, National opened up for him mm-hmm. one of the times, and then a couple of the other bands, uh, like people I used to go see, like indie hip hop acts and stuff like that, have opened up for The Coup. Uh, so I I have had, especially at that, I think it was at the Outer National show where I ended up having like a two hour conversation. Uh, with Boots Riley about like communism and socialism and also just weird movies. Oh, so that shit was still in his mindset, you know. He, yeah, str- you know, struggles of the working class. Well, it's it is like uh, working issues and like workers' rights issues and all of that 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 is in this film. That and also the activism behind it that uh, Stephen Yoon kind of. He's the character who represents that, I think, the most. All of that is a constant undercurrent in, in like, almost everything that Boots Riley does. There's a sense of humor about it. Like, if you listen to any of the Coup songs, there's that, he addresses that, but there's also, like, uh, so, there's a song about people with ass breath. Like, it's, it's, like, that, like, mix of, like, really sort of high-minded, like, political concepts and sort of lowbrow humor are have always been a part of, like, kind of what he does, too. So all of that is in this movie. Yeah. So when I went to see it, I was like, I was expecting a certain level of weirdness. In fact, when he goes to Army Hammer's party, I was like, legit, the direction I thought it was going to go was Aliens. I was like, this is going to be Aliens at some point. Like, that seems to be the direction it goes. And then... It was just I where the weird places it could go. I didn't really have a specific reason for thinking aliens, like having to do with like Boots Riley and like what he thinks about or what you know he writes about. It was just like that kind of automatic thought. I was like, okay, where can this? It's like that sketch comedy thing of like. Uh, how do we make this more absurd? Or like any movie, it's like eventually you end up in space. And it's just like, well, this is getting weird. 
aliens are going to show up at some <laughs> point. Uh, and it wasn't aliens. Uh, and then it, like, the weirdness just got weirder. <laughs> like, I mean... I came in. I just saw the, the trailers, and I did not. I've never heard of Boots, Boots Riley. I just saw the trailer, and I thought, "Oh, this is just an examination of um, African Americans trying to be accepted in a white-dominated culture." Yeah, it was, it was like, "Oh, I, I could be into something like that," you know, trying to sound white, trying to be sound accepted, accepting. Um, I was floored by <laughs> the the turn that the yeah. movie made. Well, there's, there's um, some, I mean, there's, again, like, earlier in the film, there's some, and, like, like spoilers, we will get to what the turn is, just because I feel like it's it's kind of been long enough. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, you should definitely see this movie, but if you don't want to hear about what the turn is, because, like, I just have, you know. Anyway, uh, there's some stuff early on, like the fact that the white voice is literally... The, when uh, the two characters who use their white voice, the white voice is literally the voice of another actor. Is it both of them? It's both of them, yeah. Really? Okay. So, uh, Lakeith Sanfield. Danny Glover and Lakeith Sanfield. And Omari, uh, whose last name I can't. Hardwick. Hardwick. Yeah. Uh, so, Lakeith Sanfield's white voice is David Cross. And uh, Omari and I think Danny Glover's white voice are Pat Oswalt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Great. And that's because, again, like knowing stuff ahead of time about Boots Riley is in Oakland. Like some of the stuff that he was involved with the the activism and stuff like that overlap, and some of the music shows and all that overlapped with comedians. Mm-hmm. So he's actually like friendly with David Cross. David Cross oh, is right. is a Coup fan. Uh, Pat Oswalt is a fan of the Coup. Uh, the original Those show dudes really do have white voices. Yeah, white voices. D- the do uh, W Kamau Bell, who is in it mm-hmm. briefly. Uh, if you didn't know this, uh, the original one of the original incarnations of W. Kamal's show that he used to do in Oakland with like all the that was about politics and had yeah. comedy and had like a bunch of visual aids and stuff that he was doing in Oakland. I might be getting the, the specific details about this wrong, but apparently, like, uh, Boots Riley was also involved in like the helping produce that and helping him get like venues to do it in and, and stuff like that. Or, or possibly W. Kamal Bell, it went in reverse. I forget what the actual specific details of that are. But yeah, there's there's definitely a a connection between all those people. Also, this is a filmmaker who literally got a whole bunch of his friends and pulled, like, friends of friends to get, you know, people to be in it, yeah. uh... I think it was Danny Glover who came in like really, really late, like almost at the last second. Uh, the two people who came in right away were uh, Lakeith and Tessa Thompson, who read the script and was like, "This sounds interesting." Yeah, and batshit crazy. Um, I I could see where I mean with Tessa's ro- other roles, like in Dear White People. Yeah. Um, I could see how she would be drawn to. A movie like this, and also just the fact that like her her performance, sorry, I'm like, whatever, uh, her like live performance, it 
what made me laugh, I think, hardest in the entire movie was her performance piece was, I was like, I'm going to do the lines of this character from The Last Dragon. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, which, which character from The Last Dragon? And I was just like, oh, the one played by uh, Faith, what's her name? And then I was just like, what lines? And then, and then she did those lines. I was like, this <laughs> is the funniest fucking thing. I cracked up. Um, Alana, I had to give her context of that. That line. yeah, Why it's it great. That you, is you really have to know that. That is you. such an obscure <laughs> pull because it could have been something obvious, like who's the mat, you know, who's the master, yeah. or you know, all any of Shonuff's lines in the last dragon, and it was none of Shonuff's line. It was like her lines, and specifically the little speech that she gives. To Eddie Arcadian, and I was just like, when she said that that's what it was, what it was gonna be, I was just like, oh my god, okay. I was just like, this is gonna be amazing, and it was amazing. Yeah. That, um, this, the party at the mansion. Yeah. Uh, where he, oh my gosh, attempts to rap. Yeah. For white people, that was brutally hilarious for me. You know, just exposing. I mean, I've. What I feel, what's, uh, I guess, some people's appeal of hip hop, you know, just hearing someone say, repeat the same word, and they think that, hey, that's rap music. Yeah, and also there's, I think, a lot of people, like, it is definitely a, like, weird companion parallel piece to get out in a lot of ways. Like, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of issues, like, you know, existing in white, you know, being a black person existing in white culture and calling attention to that. Although, and also this is a genre film, like Get Out is a genre film. Uh, this is definitely weirder. Also, the fact that, like, what is it, Work Free, the uh, the group, they're just like, this seems like a cult. Like, just the fact that that's very sort of omnipresent in the undercurrent of the movie, I was just like, that's going to come up later and it's going to be weird. Uh, anyway, and it, it gets weirder. Oh, uh, it gets weirder. So, um... So, speaking of work-free, work-free is always attempting to, in this movie and in this world, attempting to build or generate uh, a stronger worker that yeah. does things stronger, faster, uh, more effectively. Yeah, and also cheaper and, like... it's it's. I mean, the whole undercurrent of this movie is how you know, lower wage and minimum wage workers are just exploited by rich people. Yeah. Specifically exploited rich white people. They're expendable. I yeah. Mean, they're just, you know, they're cattle. Yeah. Um, for their own profits. Yeah. And they attempt to actually turn people into uh, half homo sapien, what? half... Yes, they. What he does is he takes Equine the he ta he takes the expression that when you say someone works really hard, workhorse, and makes it literal. Yeah. Like that's actually the joke that that it's like oh they're workhorses. No, they're literally workhorses. They're horse people. Yeah. Yeah. Equisapiens. Equisapiens. Yes. So apparently, uh, I have to like Google. I'd have to Google this uh, to confirm it. Apparently, uh, Forrest Whitaker is in it, and a reason why you don't recognize him is he's one of the horse people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, the, uh, probably the voice. Yeah, the voices of the horse yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the fact that it's they're horse people, and the fact that it just it just goes from there, where like they is you know they are freed. Although it kind of like glosses over how they get free, or like that he does he go and he releases them or whatever, he and then does. okay. Yeah, he it definitely he 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 recognizes the. Um, the passcode to break into okay. the mansion. That's how he's able to release them. Um, but yeah, this movie is not for everybody. It's no. Not. It's no. not. I, I could easily understand how some people will find this movie very cringe-inducing yeah. uh, in a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, Boots Riley is unapologetic. I mean, he's yeah. trying to make a point. You know? Yeah. It's either you're in with a point or you get it but you i guess some people would prefer him take it in a, a more softer stance i i don't i don't know i also get the got the feeling like just watching this film and i was thinking about it you know it's like processing it more is you definitely also get the the feeling of like a first time director who called in a whole bunch of favors to make it done wants a lot of things to happen he wants it, and also get that feeling of like that first time you make a, a film of. I don't want to say it fe- feels first drafty because it's not exact. It's that's not this accurate. Production for a long yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's not accurate. Uh, but I will say, I mean, just the the process of actually trying to get it made and trying to get so many things done, you do get kind of get the feeling of just like. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to do this again. Go I'm going to, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and throw <laughs> as many fucking weird ass shit and like as many like points, like political points. And I don't care how, whether they're subtle or not. I'll just like, and I, I will say, I, I, I have to say, uh, you know, whatever problems you can say that the movie might have, that I would agree or disagree with you as far as like you know whatever narrative or whatever you might think I don't I don't really have any of those issues. Uh, I would have to say that this might be one of the most original movie films I've seen in a really long that's time. That's why I loved it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's that's why I love supporting. It. That's why I wanted to watch it with you guys because yeah, I want Boots Riley to have my money because yeah. I want more shit that's out out there i really hope it did well enough that someone gives him although although to be perfectly honest he strikes me as someone who they won't he's not someone who would be given something else to do maybe someone will give him to month the money to do whatever to do whatever he wants Yeah. yeah Which strikes me as he's not someone I think who like you could hand him something out. This movie will do well, kind of like the Big Lebowski in terms of yeah. DVDs, word of mouth. That's what gets. It I also it's think that once theaters. it comes out, like actually, like it, if it comes out on like a streaming platform and someone like it, I think it's gonna build. I think it's. I do agree that it's gonna become like a Big Lebowski. I I would even say that it's gonna become more like a a, La, a Last Dragon type of thing where it's okay. just like. Yeah. It's just like years later. I think I think like maybe a decade from now, you're gonna see this play like replaying in theaters, and like people are gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like a 
a Big Lebowski, but closer to like the Last Dragon yeah. type cult status. That's at least what I'm hoping for. And I definitely want to see it again because I feel like there's so much stuff in this that like in this movie that I yeah. feel like I missed just because there's so much in it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you are like me, you've got a you've got some love for some uh, communism. You've got you love some Freire, uh, Paulo Freire, who's great when it comes to merging uh, education with you know, radical thought. Yeah. If, you're, if you have that mindset, please, please support this movie. Watch it. It's out there, but it's just right up your alley. I, I will it's also say on the other side of that, if you're a fan of like, you know, B sci-fi films and B horror films from like the 70s and 80s, I, this movie had, I, I, in my opinion, has that too because all those movies also had a certain like, because all the like, you know, low budget like sci-fi and not all of them, but a good chunk of like the low-budget sci-fi and horror movies also have a really strong political bent and like point to them, you know. Uh, so from that perspective, like even if you're not that big of a fan of like say the politics behind Boots Riley or the film, I'd say if you're like a fan of like sort of, and I I, I don't want to say schlock, but it's the only word that I can think to articulate it, but sort of like schlock horror things. That, but familiar with that term. It's just like low-budget kind of, you know, there are shocking, weird things that happen into it. But but that being said, like schlock is, there. there's a negative connotation that's often uh, attached to it that I don't think applies to this movie necessarily. But yeah, I... I Eva, I think you hit it on the head where it's just like, I love this movie, but it's not for everybody. No, it, is not. <laughs> it, is, it is another one of those films that I feel like was... have like a, a cult following. I, I feel like it's another one of those movies that was made for people like you and me. Yeah, it's like you've got to have a fucked up sense of humor to very specifically film. like... Because uh, I... You should have been, been next to Rich and Charlie. <laughs> they were like... Just their facial expression. I wish I could just capture that. The horror. In so, uh, so you know, you know, you know, what was the other thing that made me think that it was aliens is when I first saw the horse per person, it didn't register that it was a horse person. Oh, okay. I, I, I was just like, so it's a lizard person. I, I, I my brain went alien first, so I was just like, he's keeping alien aliens hostage, or like something's gonna, and then it was horse people. I was like, I was like, horse people, and then the more I was like, oh yeah, okay, horse people, sure. Yeah. So much fun. So I want to see it again now. I can't wait till it goes I out. I like it. I saw it a second time. I, it, now that the shock wore off after seeing the first time, the second time, it was just it, just funny for me. Yeah. It was uh, like you and for Charlie and Rich. The first time I was like, damn, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to laugh at some of the jokes yeah. that are being made. Uh, but after the second viewing, I realized it's funny. It's great, you know, I, and he has a good story. I, I saw it with someone. Uh, I'm not going to name them only because I don't know whether they're comfortable having your name said on the podcast. I don't know how this person feels about that. But uh, I also saw it with someone who was just like, was thought it was interesting and amusing, but clearly did not enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, because again, it's like that thing where you go in and you are 
you have a certain background of like films and like a frame you have a frame of reference for when you go in where it's just like even though i i wasn't expecting that level of what it was i was i went in going there's gonna be some weirdness going on and i'm okay with that uh and also i understand that there's there's some there's funny shit in here also it's just stacked with comedy people as well uh there was this uh there was a moment um i think uh like keith stanfield's uh character's best friend he's just supposed to be a comedian yeah he is he is yeah yeah. i'm not familiar with him but just their bit where they're arguing while he's trying to cross you know yeah the the most positive you know insult (laughs) i wish you had a great day no i wish you had a great day you know i was just like that was just perfect i wish people insulted each other that way yeah yeah, yeah. uh, positivity (laughs) Uh, but yeah I, i i love this movie i love this movie yeah uh, so let's get on to, cause another thing that happened and a bunch of stuff came out of it, uh, was San Diego Comic-Con. Some previews were released. Some of them better than others. Um, I guess I'm the one who's as the resident DC fan. Yeah. And as the one who's compared to you more optimistic when it comes to certain films. I found that um, as a following up to the success of Wonder Woman, yes, um, I felt that the trailers left me optimistic as to the direction that the next yeah. few films are going. Are they going to be great? No. I, I mean, I, I, I would hope so. But at least I could say from these trailers... I really want to watch it. Unlike a Venom, where it's like, so I mean, Shazam, I think is going to be enjoyable because I, I love uh, Zach Levy. What, what's it, Zach Levy or Zachary Levy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he he's great. You yeah, know? and I think the the character of Shazam lends well towards one not being dark because yes. you're dealing with kids, and, and you I'm, you I'm just can't you can't do a dark no, movie with that character. Um, and it's going to be funny. It's going to be like. I'm hoping Warner Brothers version of Guardians in a way that it's the lighter franchise. Yeah. And here's the thing, as much as people are shitting on the Aquaman fear uh have been shitting on the Aquaman preview. I will Really? Yeah. They're not get that sense. So so after the release of So the here is the thing that I will say about that. I think That the that uh, Jason Momoa is going to be very enjoyable to watch in that movie, and that's about it. Uh, number two, there are some things about this that, having read the Jeff Johns Aquaman relaunch, that's exactly what this movie is. Everything that is was in the Aquaman relaunch before the New 52 that Jeff Johns was behind, it's all in that preview. Uh, Mara, the relationship between you know the Atlanteans and Mara's people. They even have the deep sea creatures that are in uh, the Aquaman. Like all, it's basically they're taking that Jeff Johns run 
on Aquaman and they're making it into a movie. The problem with that is the last time they did all of that and used that much CG in a preview, it was another movie and that movie was called Green Lantern and it was awful. Yeah, but I don't know. Here's the thing. Um, I don't know that I trust them to adapt that material well. Uh, one, I don't know who directed Green Lantern, but yeah. um, I like, uh, from what I've heard, there's a lot of faith in this director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be, got, I think it's going to be a fun movie. I just don't think it's going to be any good is um, the problem. I think it'll be fun to watch. It'll be just awful. Fun? To be, is that a bad thing, though? You're talking as if it's a bad thing. Well, well, here to, as you say, Green Lantern was not fun and it was not <laughs> a yeah. good movie. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on that. I mean, if it's a fun movie, um, where I find that I'm not looking at my watch and yeah. figuring out is it time to go. I mean, it's a success. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. Batman what, what, Superman had lots of that. Wait, when I when I when I when I say that it's gonna be enjoyable, but terrible, uh, I think it's going to parts large swaths of it are gonna be enjoyable because they're so bad. Uh, and that being said, I here's what I th- and also just looking uh, at. And again, this is just the preview, so like what are you going to say about from a preview yeah. honestly is that Jason Momoa is going to be really fun to watch and even in the preview looks like he's the only one enjoying himself no, <laughs> in no, the movie. I didn't get that. I mean, first of all, it's a small preview. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. He, you don't have a good sense of it. I mean, I think from what I'm hearing from you is the fact that you're you're having Green Lantern PTSD, and that's yeah. what. I mean, remember, I mean, Batman v Superman was another uh, pile of crap that was different yeah. than Green Lantern. It had its own problems, it, where it was an unbalanced film, but it's not a Green Lantern. Yeah, I mean, I find that. I, I just mean, the problem. You, you know what it is. From one bad movie and well, not you know what it. You know what it. You know what it honestly is. Honestly, is it's not even the Aquaman preview specifically. It's collectively. Again, yet again, just collectively, Warner Brothers slash DC doesn't seem to know what to do with their properties uh textbook like example another preview for something else that's being coming out on dc streaming uh titans which we're all gonna acknowledge is i think we're all trying to pretend doesn't exist because it's it's it is as much as aquaman is seems to be trying to adapt an actual comic book run the Titans, uh, and not Teen Titan, not the animated, the yeah. live-action Titan series that's coming out, that teaser preview, everything about that is wrong. All right, let's let's stick to one thing. I mean, okay. Titans is a whole other thing. I'm, I'm not entirely sold on that. Yeah. On that show yet. Whereas, whereas I might get the DC streaming service for no other reason than, than to watch Young Justice Season oh. 3. 
That was another preview that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. I was like, yes! Um, but going back on Aquaman, I think that you say you don't know what Warner Brothers is doing. I think Warner Brothers... I just don't is, trust them at Warner all. Warner Brothers is not an MCU. MCU has a has a visionary who yeah. has uh, a mindset and has um, wants something to happen to all of its film, his films. Yeah. And Warner also, and also, like, fundamentally, whatever you want. Yeah, Here, and, and, and also, and have them, and also, fundamentally respects and understands the characters that they're working with. Which I feel like Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers as a company, like adapting the DC stuff. I feel like every single thing that, uh, with. Like, I almost feel like Wonder Woman is the exception that proves the rule. That it's like, you you got someone who actually genuinely respected the source material and wanted to do something well together. Not saying that any of the other one, ones, like, didn't genuinely... Like, I actually do believe Zack Snyder believed he was doing something... Yeah. Faithful he to the characters, just he just fundamentally misunderstood what 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 made any of those characters what made any of those characters compelling as characters. He, played, he, he just applied the Zack Snyder stamp to it, and none of us appreciated yeah. that. I find that Wonder Woman is just a simple. It's it's a successful plan of having, um, of marrying a character with a good director. Yeah, if. Warner Brothers is able to string along successes of taking a character yeah. and trusting it with a director that has and a And also vision. trust then your – trust that your – see, the the big problem also with Batman vs. V Superman and also Justice League is the parent company and the studios and everyone behind it trust that you're, you have good characters – your source material is actually good. But, Use it, but you're not using it. Like they don't trust it. They were already, they were behind by the fact that they trusted Zack Snyder. Yeah. Zack Snyder was trusted. He he did a lot of uh, Warner Brothers stuff. They thought he was the right guy. Yeah. They just he was just the wrong person to do that. And yeah. so our bad taste stems from his lack of vision. Yeah. And it kind of eroded that. So right now, uh, although Warner Brothers has had their problems where they've 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 controlled the issue a little too much. Yeah. Um, I think if you remove Zack Snyder, my hope is future projects will be able. Yeah, to, we'll see. Will, will be able to prosper. Now, granted, Zack Snyder had nothing to do with Green Lantern, and that was a pile of shit. Yeah. Um, but I found that Green Lantern was a lot of I think Jeff Johns's issue in terms of like. I think he did too much, and he has no background in TV and film. Where I yeah, that well, no, he, he has a background in writing it. It's just that it didn't work in in the theater. It it, di it didn't work as a they they could well again that's uh, there's there's ways that could have worked. There's stuff that they changed that they shouldn't have changed, and there's stuff that they there's dis decisions they made in the production. And the post production of that that were mistakes, uh, yeah, and just ugh. it was it was bad. But I felt that the Aquaman trailer was 
I mean, it granted it was Momoa, so it was a very broy. <laughs> yeah, know? it was a broy tra- trailer, but nothing about that trailer made me pause and say, "Oh my gosh, I don't trust this." You yeah, know? I, it's like it's. I I want to wait and see. I want to see what comes out of this. Yeah. Thing. Uh, and you did mention Venom. I mean, the more I see of Venom, the more I'm just like... I like Tom Hardy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just watching this movie just for Tom Hardy. I agree. Uh, I will say the the more I see about it, I was, I, the more I kind of am seeing the direction they're going. And I just go, hey... And I once again am reminded why Marvel needs all their characters back. It's like the Venom trailer and everything that I've seen coming out of Venom is just points me in a direction. And it's just like, this is what happens when those companies, without Marvel being actually like heavily involved, like they were in Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, to be fair, Sony had good... Well, to be fair, that was uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2 um, and Sam Raimi. He yeah, and, and and there are parts. Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man was good. Uneven. Amazing parts. Uneven. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man two also parts of it are great. Uneven. Yeah, the uneven. Non- They're uneven. The, the non-superhero aspects of Spider-Man. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man two was great. Um, with Gwen Stacy. Um, but I mean, I. When it comes to DC, I'm just waiting and see that they'll get their act together they it's a good start sony i'm just saying this i think the voice of venom is going to be hilarious to me yeah i think it's good there's going to be some funny moments but wait and see i mean for the it can't be as bad as spider-man 3 oh 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 and also fox uh apparently uh dark phoenix and the mini mutants are still coming out and I am not going to watch it until Disney yep. or MC Marvel t- has full control over yeah. their properties. Um, Shazam. What about it? What do you think about that trailer? Oh, no, no, no. I I, I, I think that's going to be fun. Okay. Honestly. Right. Uh, just because... And like I said, there, there are... There were a couple... There's some characters that if you go... I mean, Shazam is definitely a character that if you go too far in one direction, it it, it might work. Because Shazam is almost like the only Marvel character I can compare him to is Thor. Where it's just like, except Shazam has, because it's a kid, there's there's room for more humor there. Is there's a balance where if, like, if you go too far one way or another, there's going to be a problem. And it seems, I mean, again, like, it's, you know, teaser preview it seems from that preview it's like it seems like they haven't gone too far in either of those directions uh which is what could kill that film uh yeah and then there's like a handful of other stuff uh i am actually i uh, you know mixed feelings about robert rodriguez but i'm still excited about uh alita battle angel like i think that's gonna be Fun. I think it's going to be interesting. It has the potential to be terrible, but it's it's it 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 the most recent preview that came out of that. I was like, okay, okay. And unlike most live action anime ad- adaptations, it's like there seems to be. I mean, if you were going to get anyone, you look really disappointed in me. Uh, if you were going to get anyone to adapt that, Robert Rodriguez is someone who I feel like would actually respect the source material. So, 
you really, really look so disappointed in me. <laughs> so, so James Cameron, it could be, a, yeah. I think there's potential I there for good things. Expect me to say what you said. Okay. I don't expect you to, knowing you and your background, yeah. and interacting with you, you'd be shitting on that movie. Here's what I will say about that. Especially after dealing with Ghost in the Shell and. No, but see, that's different. Uh, and that's a mis- I This is one of my ginormous pet peeves about most especially... No, not even most especially. My biggest pet peeve about American anime fans. Just because it was made in Japan doesn't automatically make everything have to be Japanese. In Ghost in the Shell... I understand, like, Asian source material. Like, of course, there's an opportunity. There's missed opportunities there. I was upset by Ghost in the Shell because that is very specifically a story that is set in Japan in the manga and in the anime. I'm not a huge fan of Ghost in the Shell as a manga or an anime, either of them. But there are certain things where it's just like, Battle Angel Alita, okay, I'm a little... Miffed. I'm not like a huge fan of the manga or the anime either, but the main character is not explicitly angel, uh, Japanese in the story. The scientist character is. He has a Japanese name. They changed that for the movie. I I've kind of come to peace with not come to peace. It was like I'm still pissed about it, but I'm just like there's only so I can only get so angry about that. Uh. That being said, there, like I said, it, some of it depends on is is like the people behind it. Like, it might not be great, but when you have Robert Rodriguez directing it and you have James Cameron producing it, there's a potential there that you're going. There are things in it that are going to be good, like Avatar. Avatar, after repeated viewings, is an amazing spectacle of a film. It's not a particularly good movie. When you actually get, like, separate yourself from the spectacle of it and you watch it again, you're like, okay, this movie isn't that great, like, as a movie. But I think Battle Alita Battle Angel is going to be one of those films that's going to be, like, fun to watch. And then when you actually, like, sit down, you're going to be like, okay, this isn't that great of a movie, but I'm, you know... And we're not even touching that, that, which, we haven't even discussed uh, the new, it, it just came out, like, really, really super recently, the new preview for the season two of Iron Fist. Oh, I saw that. I'm not touching it. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, That's fair. Not, That's I'm fair. I am, I'm still not, a, I'm not, really? I'm not. Have not learned. <laughs> here's, have not learned. Here's why. And it's my only reason why. I don't think it's going to be good. No shit. <laughs> yeah. That being said, there are two things in that most recent preview that fill me with a tiny, tiny sliver of hope. Number one, they it looks like the fight choreography is actually going to be a little better, which is something that is like, give if everything else is terrible... If the fight sequences are are actually decent for a, a purported martial arts character, that could improve things. Number two, 
it looks like they're actually pulling some of the more recent Iron Fist comic book stuff. I'm assuming you like that. It actually addresses uh, a lot of the issues of, of Iron Fist as a character. Especially with Davos. The whole, like, his friend and, like, like his, the way he's like brother. The whole thing between Davos and Danny Rand is basically, it's all about white appropriation. And about basically the fact that he's, that, that every, everyone else, it's like, you've stolen this. So, like, the fact that they're actually, it could still go potentially, like, awfully. But if they... If they if get the, the problem is the lead actor. Oh yeah, is no, no. a bad actor. Yeah, and I still I, can't. I you still can't overcome the fact that Finn I Jones is not I, good. I, yeah, I understand that. And I've I've watched the raid films because of the awesome choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they have that level of talent. Part that's a part of this show. The choreography could never be that good. And no, of course not. Them. No. To make to put an effort to give us a martial arts TV show, you we have that in Daredevil. Yeah, this is a pale imitation. We have that in we have that in uh in Into the Badlands. Uh, I need to get back on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season three is was pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, it's I'm here's what I'm telling you. It is not a it is not a lot of hope. It is a tiny sliver of hope. I will tell you so. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you so. I'm, I'm gonna after you. I don't know. You're probably not gonna binge watch that thing. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Watch through that shit, and I'm gonna laugh at you. Oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> so so there 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 are one of two ways this could go. Me watching this, like especially because they're they seem to be adapting some of the Iron Fist stuff from the comic books that I actually like that I actually really dug. Uh, is I'm going to go. That was better. Finn Jones is still terrible. Uh, because there's certain things you just can't fix. You're too far in to fix them. I'll be like, that was a better season. You know, not by. Or I'm going to go. You took good stuff and you fucked it up. So, like I'm gonna. Yeah, you're right. It's one of two directions. It's either gonna be. I'm either gonna go. We're gonna have to fucking console. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be like. That was better, but it's still not that great. Or I'm gonna be like, this is so much fucking worse. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's gonna be. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Uh, um, I, you know. I, I saw the. I was like, wait, because that that preview took me by surprise from San Diego. I was like, really? They're actually gonna do another season? Because I figured they saw his. Well, that was just the teaser one. The the new one that just came out. Oh, it's a full trailer. Oh, you haven't seen the full trailer. The full trailer actually... Okay, we're going to watch that after right. this. I... I get it. No, I agree. I completely agree. Okay. Uh, is there anything else? I haven't read any comic books. I'm, I'm going to be catching up in the next couple of weeks, but is there anything like... No, I'm still behind on yeah. my comic books, actually. Yeah, I'm behind on um, Justice League for America, and I think two issues behind on doomsday clock okay um but yeah uh fuck that i think that's i think yeah i think that's everything it, yeah you ended on a t on a low note i know i know i know i know 
It's a well. Well, here's I can go even lower. I get I get I could go even lower and talk about the other Warner Brothers property that I'm still really pissed off about. That I I've been hate watching. I've only watched the first two episodes of it. It's Preacher season three. I just like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh, I mean, we've mentioned this before. I will say uh, on the other side, if you want to end on a on a, a a good note. The season finale of Cloak and Dagger was great. <laughs> Fuck, you just reminded me. I need to get on that before yeah. the start of the school year. It's, How many episodes? Like 10 I episodes? I think it's 10 episodes, okay, yeah. Okay, I'll be able and to. And they, uh, spoiler, not so much spoiler, uh, aside from it being, um, uh, the company. Rock, um, Roxon. Roxon. They, in one of the episodes, definitively connect it to the Netflix universe. Oh, that's good. So I mean, That's one show I, that surprised me. I'm glad that yeah. it's, it's a good I wasn't expecting anything, and I, th- I don't think anyone else was. And it's been the surprise of this past, like, t- oh, like all the nerd one. properties. It's the, it's the one that everyone was just like, I wasn't expecting much, but this is really fucking good. Yeah. Although again, there are people who disagree or just like you can kind of just skip it. I was like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about, it's but definitely better than Iron Fist. Yeah, by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. All right. See. Toodles. <laughs>